It's very true. Everybody on Windows has their own UI, um, which is frustrating at times. Especially when you see those Windows apps that are ported to Mac yeah. and they try to use the same UI. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, but you see that with Linux too. Linux is a combination. Of oh, yeah. Different. Oh, man. Yeah. Linux is bad. Especially, uh, so the thing that I don't like about KDE is that they just tried to rip everything off Windows. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like... Well, it's, it's, it's the worst part of all the Windows stuff. Right, like exactly. if, they would, if they would have taken the best parts of Windows, then great. Yeah, that's fine. Knock yourself out. But they didn't. Instead, they focused on like the most mediocre, the most rudimentary, simple stuff. And there was zero imagination behind it. And it was just a pile of fail. <laughs> Welcome to Changing Platforms, a podcast discussing the various aspects of migrating from one technology platform to another. I'm Keita. And I'm Jason. As we explained in the first episode, both of us currently use a lot of Apple hardware and software, and we're both looking at leaving the popular tools behind and possibly returning to Linux. Hopefully, with the help of these discussions, we'll have the opportunity to share ideas and explore the feasibility of abandoning commercially supported software for something reminiscent of the technology scene from 30 years ago. So Keita, I thought this week we would start with a little bit of follow-up. I had mentioned online a couple of days ago that I had pretty much decided on a machine, yeah. um, a 2013 MacBook Pro. Um, I've since flip-flopped on that. <laughs> uh, so once again, I'm stuck between one of two machines. And in the last episode, I talked about three different machines. There was also uh, an HP gaming machine that I was looking at. Right. The downside is I've gone and looked at those at the stores and they're just too tacky. Mm -hmm. um, that and they're heavy. The the plastic palm rest with the green dots and things of that sort. Green is a very nice color, but um, no, I just can't do that. It, it looks like a toy. And that's that's not what I want from a computer. So once again, I am stuck between two machines, either this used 13 inch macbook pro which is really nicely loaded it's uh it's an i7 so it's going to last a good long time it's got 16 gig of ram already in there mm -hmm. as well as a 256 gig ssd which should be sufficient and it's a 13 inch uh, pardon me it's a 2013 model right which means that in the future if i do decide to go with a 512 or 1024 gig um ssd I can order them from OWC or someone like that. I can actually do one upgrade um, on my own. Oh, nice. Which is sad. The other option that I've been looking at is the brand new 2016 Lenovo T460S. Mm -hmm. Now, this, this is an interesting unit uh, because it comes with 4 gig on board. Mm -hmm. It's soldered right onto the board, but it does have one available slot mm. and so you can slap in another four you can slap in an eight or a 16 the 16 gig sims are still a little too expensive mm. um i was pricing them out they're right now selling for about uh, thirty-five thousand yen which you know isn't painful it's just more than i'm willing to pay right at this moment yeah that being said i can get one of these with a really decent brand new i5 uh the sixth generation um, i5s with um, 8 gig of RAM and a 256 gig SSD for about 170,000 
uh, from the Lenovo store, which very conveniently is across the hall from where I work. <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to go and take a look at some of these units. And just like any ThinkPad, these units do feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, the keyboard is does not have that uh, infuriatingly narrow um, enter key. And everything is just nicely pan like placed mm-hmm. on the keyboard. And I can type relatively quickly with it. It's not as nice as what you would find with a MacBook Air or a Mac Pro, but it's pretty decent. Yeah. And the nice thing about this particular unit is the entire bottom side will come off. And from there, you have easy access to the M2 SSD slot, the two and a half inch um, hard drive slot, which it has both, which is really cool, um, as well as the RAM, the single RAM slot. So it has uh, a slot for a two and a half inch drive and the uh, SSD? That's right. The 460S models have both. Um, The models in Japan, though, only ship with one or the other. And so if you really cheap out, you can get just a 5400 RPM spinning drive in there. Um, That'll save you a bunch of cash, and then you can just go and get an M2 from um, Kakaku or anywhere and put that in there afterwards. And then through the BIOS, of course, you just say the M2 SSD is the boot drive, Mm -hmm. and off you go. Nice. But can you put in two at the same time? So you can kind of do like, it's not a RAID, but you can kind of... um like put them together or something like that? or I don't see why not. Um, the problem, I think, I haven't done this kind of raid in a long time. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, it, it's always better to have two of the exact same unit right. yeah. for raid. So you can go and get the serial ATA to M2 adapters, and you can probably go and get two of the very same SSDs and then put them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how well that would work. I don't know if it would share. Okay. Yeah. Or, or like whether they've got completely different buses and then you would be looking at different speeds, which would ha- have serious problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that said, it's looking at, uh, pardon me, I'm looking at one of these two, either a three year old MacBook Pro uh, with an i7 or this T460S, which. You know, it does look pretty good. It does have a high DPI screen. Um, and the battery life, it can, it's pretty much the same as I would get from that MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main difference is a little bit of expansion and expandability and the ability to repair, um, as well as the color. Because mm-hmm. I'll admit, I, I do like metal colored machines. Mm. So, yeah. And I guess, well, one point on the battery thing, it depends on which OS you're running to. I mean, we might talk about this later, but OS Ten has done a lot of things to improve its energy consumption. Yeah, I wonder if OS Ten can run as a Hackintosh on this particular Lenovo. Not sure. It's something that I'm probably not going to do right away. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea to do. Um, well, yeah. you know, the worst comes to worst, I just reformat and start again. Right. Um, it, it would be an afternoon lost, and you know how many afternoons have we just thrown away doing whatever? So <laughs> it's it's not that big of a deal for me. Um, that being said, it would be good for a blog post um, and I can show other people how to do it or at the very least how not, not to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, sometimes that's more important than the how to. Yeah. All right. But that being said, uh, do you have any follow-up for us? Um, I don't think so. You want to go to the topics? Absolutely. So this week we're 
going to be discussing which platform, um, mainly the whys of the different platforms. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you and I, we've used um, OS ten a lot over the years. Um, I've used it almost exclusively since switching over from uh, Windows 7 three years ago. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with there? So I wonder, what are the advantages of sticking with OS ten and just ignoring the issues that we have with regards to Apple hardware and whatnot? Well, for me, it's, um, I, I kind of, you know, like the Apple hardware, but we, we already talked about it a little, a little bit. But I guess the biggest thing would be uh, familiarity and I guess the apps that we already use, you know, um, like we have all of these apps that we've built up, that we've bought, we've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I don't know how thousands. many, yeah, thousands of dollars on, and we uh, would yeah. essentially be throwing most of that away um, if we decided to switch to either Windows or Linux. That is true. Um, I was just looking at my uh, budgeting software, and according to this, let me see, I've spent about uh, $2,300 on Apple software in the last three years. I think for me, it's probably not that much it's but it's probably around a thousand or a thousand five hundred dollars mostly yeah, a lot a lot of this software comes from uh my podcasting so yeah hindenburg alone was 450 dollars. wow um it's a really good application it's just expensive yeah now, the nice thing is hindenburg is available on windows and i can just transfer my license over yeah that's nice it's rare that you actually get this but Hindenburg is a uh, a European company, so they're a little bit more liberal with how they handle these kinds of things, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. Um, when I did that, when I switched over to Mac, I, I was throwing away Visual Studio, which is not cheap. Um, yeah. A lot of my other coding tools, which were not cheap. I, I probably walked away from pretty close to three or $4,000 worth of software that I had built up over the years. Yeah. So there is a little bit of uh, a hit to the wallet there. Yeah. Um, that being said, one other reason that sticking with OS X would be a good idea is what you mentioned earlier about power consumption. So OS X is really good on mobile devices. As I was saying in the first episode, my MacBook Air here, it's 18 months old, but I'm still able to get 13 hours um, doing serious work on it. Yeah, development, things of that sort, moving files up and down um, the network. It, it's built to do this very, very well, and that's something I like. The Windows machines I've used in the past are not as efficient. Yeah, no. I mean, last time I used Windows, um, well, maybe the, the hardware was really bad, but I think I got maybe two hours max out of it, you know? <laughs> so I don't have a very good impression of Windows on the on a laptop, but, um, yeah. well, things have come a long way in the last couple of years, yeah, of course, yeah. uh, windows 10, like whenever anybody asks me my impressions about windows 10, I just say, I say my honest feelings. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is very quick. It's snappy. It does not drain the battery doing nothing. And you've got fine tuned controls. You can actually go in and more than you can with uh, OS 10, you can control how much power things get. And so I like that. I, I like that kind of flexibility. That being said, I don't know exactly how long Windows would run on this particular Mac Air. I have at one time used Bootcamp to partition the drive, mm-hmm. and I had the 
uh, Windows 10 technical preview on here. Oh, right. Yeah. When I was trying to use it for a full day, I was only able to get about eight and a half hours battery life out of it, which is it's, quite a bit. It, it, it's, it's not, not bad, bad. Yeah. Not but bad, but... O OS ten on the exact same machine can give me 13 hours. Yeah. So there's definitely a, a noticeable difference there. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's one of my, my biggest concerns about Windows and, well, Linux. I mean, I'm sure Windows is probably more energy efficient than Linux is because the, you know, the focus isn't there for Linux, you know, so... Well, how often do you work from your notebook how important um, is mobility for me not not important at all <laughs> and for what i'm probably going to be doing is i'm just going to be using linux on the desktop like just powered into uh the the power all the yeah, time so pl plugged into the wall right yeah so if that's the case then i guess power is really not an issue <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. not an issue for me but yeah, in my case, I do a lot of development from coffee shops, mm -hmm. um, just because I like the atmosphere. I, I like being able to get away from an office or get out of the house and then just have this. Uh, the coffee shop I go to reminds me a lot of Canada, mm -hmm. so it, it's kind of like escaping to something that is familiar, mm -hmm. although still a little different. So yeah, that that's one of the reasons why mobility is so important for me. I enjoy being able to get up and go. Yeah, And also because I've been working in education for so long, having a machine that just sits somewhere is not realistic because right. on Monday I might be in one location, on Tuesday I might be 70 kilometers away from there. Yeah. So I don't want to be lugging a desktop computer around. A notebook is the, really the only way I can actually do anything. Yeah. But that is what it is. Um, how about Windows? Since we're looking at Windows... Um, what are the advantages of using that particular OS? Because it has gotten better. It, it's a lot faster. And as I was saying in a previous episode, I use Windows 10 in a virtual machine with just uh, two and a quarter gig of RAM. And it flies, it feels faster in a VM than OS 10. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter whether I'm doing development in Visual Studio or whatnot. It just feels faster. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other reasons for using <laughs> Windows rather than OS ten. Well, I guess the um, I don't know. I guess the biggest reason for me would be just better driver support. You would be able to use any kind of network card or sound card. Well, I guess you don't really need sound cards anymore. Video cards, stuff like that, that don't have the same quality of drivers in either OS ten or Linux. Yeah, that is true. I haven't had a non-built-in sound card in years. Yeah. I think the last one was my uh, Sound Blaster Extigy, which was an external sound card um, because I only had a notebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think my last one was uh, one that had surround sound support or something like that. And the built-in one only had stereo or, yeah, I don't remember, but it was something like that. Fun stuff. Yeah, I, I think that market's pretty much dead. Yeah. Which is unfortunate for creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that is certainly an advantage. You can throw darn near any hardware at it and it will work. Um, that's also a disadvantage because it does make Windows crashy. Yeah. I'm not sure if Windows 10 is better than previous... Well, I'm not sure if Windows 10 is better in this regard 
than previous versions, but yeah, bad hardware can cause all kinds of havoc. Yeah. But at the same token, or by the same token, Linux also has really good hardware support. Right. Because anyone can write their own drivers, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, but does any, does everyone want to? Well, probably. <laughs> Um, cause this is something that I was looking at because for my microphone, I, I plugged my microphone into a Roland quad capture, uh, audio interface. And then that plugs into my notebook via USB. Mm-hmm. There is one driver that will work for Linux. The downside is it doesn't have a lot of the features that I'm looking for, the features that are built into the audio interface, um, that can just be unlocked with software. Like for example, the noise gate or uh, noise isolation, things of that sort. This can actually do all of that. It's just the driver for uh, Linux does not have that level of granularity. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at the driver, looking at what it would take for me to expand it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a, a good community member, giving it back so that everybody else would also have the same benefit. Right. And I could probably do it in one weekend. Mm-hmm. which is not crazy. It's not too bad, yeah. No, no, it, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, rewrite the kernel from scratch or something, which I'm not qualified to do anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> um, within a weekend, I could get that up and running and then contribute it back. The downside is, uh, do I want to do this for everything? Yeah. So I, I do have other external equipment that I might want to use. For example, um, an external video camera. Um, I know that there is a lot of video cam software for Linux out there, but maybe I, w- I will have to write my own, for example, or with some of the external USB hubs, some of them have some special features that allow for power saving, or you can turn on uh, the five volt power feed to some ports and then turn it off to others. I've got one of those sitting in the closet that hasn't been used for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to use these, like, will I have just a very basic driver that gets the job done, but that's all, or will I actually have to sit down and do a lot of coding? Um, I'm not averse to coding, but I do try to prioritize what I code. Right. I suspect that, like, for example, the, the example of the microphone, you're probably using that for podcasting, but when you're podcasting, you would probably use Windows and then for something else you'd use Linux, you know, that might be a better use of time, you know, just the quick boot into Windows, then do this and then move back into Linux. Yeah. And this is certainly an option. Um, not the best option. No, it's, it's not the best an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, uh, yeah, well, it's a compromise. Yeah. And, this whole conversation, this whole podcast is such a first world problem thing. Uh, but but at, at the same time, I don't know. I, I see it as being slightly relevant um, because we do only have really two OS providers. Um, you either go with Windows or you go with Apple's OS X. Mm-hmm. Um, Chrome OS is a completely different market. Um, and Linux is really only used by a very small segment of the population with very specific needs and, and people who know what they want. Right. So yeah, it's a very, very small segment. So very first world problem me, but it is what it is. 
That being said, uh, of course, the other benefit to going with Windows over, say, Linux would be games. True. Although there are a few um, games coming out for Linux because uh, Steam is on Linux as well. But yeah, I would say that most games are come out on Windows first or oh, Windows only. Or the Windows version is just better. Yeah. Um, so you were telling me about uh, Kerbal, or Kerbal, I'm always mispronouncing that, <laughs> having 64-bit support on Windows, but 32-bit support on OS X. Right. Which I, I think would be a huge problem for some of the things that that particular application can do. It's just absolutely crazy. Right, Having yeah. it uh, be memory or resource constrained is not doing anybody any favors. Right, and it's not just that. It's just the... The drivers are so much better on Windows. So if you're if you're running, like for example, I have my Mac Pro here, and I boot it into Windows and play Kerbal Space Program, I can, uh, you know, crank up all of the settings to maximum and still have a 60 frames per second um, frame rate. But if I'm running it on Mac, I need to, you know, turn the graphics settings down a, a bit to get the, you know, smooth 60 frames per second uh, experience. And that's just, you know, software, so. Yeah, that is something that needs to be fixed up a bit. I thought that uh, Metal was supposed to help resolve some of that. Yeah, but that's not, that's not, uh, that's <laughs> that's not in anything yet, so. Okay, I, I thought that was two years old now. Um, is it that two years, one year? I, I thought it was two years. So when it comes to <laughs> Windows, like, Windows does offer... A lot of benefits. Um, of course, familiarity. I, I spent the vast majority of my early programming life in Windows, writing Windows software. Mm -hmm. So moving back to it would not be a huge stretch. Um, and I have been using Windows 10 in a VM. I, I like it. Yeah, It's not painful. Yeah. Um, some of the error messages could still be worded better, um, mm -hmm. you know, like in normal English. I, I don't know what language they speak in Redmond, but it's not English. Yeah. Because uh, OK does not mean cancel. But it, at the very least, Windows is familiar. By that same token, Linux is also familiar. Right. Um, I've been using Linux in some form since 1996 uh, when I right. started using Slackware. And I've been using Ubuntu Linux specifically for servers since 2003, 2004, right around there. And on the desktop, I used it for... A period of uh, five years, mm -hmm. 2006 to 2011. It's a really, really good operating system, and it's getting better all the time. A lot of people don't like the new UI. I'm not a huge fan of it, but you know, the other advantage of going with Linux is the ability to choose different distributions. Right. And even within the distribution, you can choose what kind of like desktop you want, you know, what kind of um, window manager you want to use, stuff like that. So yeah, there you is have a, a lot of great options. deal of control. Yeah. Uh, a lot more control than you would get with either windows or OS 10 where, um, both Microsoft and Apple very understandably try to control the experience as much as possible. Right. This way you sit down at a windows machine, it's windows, you know, it, you can use it. Same thing with OS 10. Right. Whereas with Linux, uh, if someone were to sit down at my 2010 Ubuntu machine, they would have no idea what they were looking at. They would <laughs> think it was some kind of Hollywood screen. Yeah, probably. E except there were no 
mesh wireframes that you would fly through when accessing a database. Uh, it, it, it was very different uh, because I was able to customize it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that could also be seen as a negative. You know, how, how much time will people spend sitting down tweaking what they're using rather than actually using what they're using? Right. So I don't know. It, it's a very difficult question. Um, I've even been asking myself, like, is is it worth the hassle of switching? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got, like, I, I, as you mentioned earlier, I've got all of this software in OS X. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all recent. Do I really want to just walk away from that or use OS X only in a VM on occasion? Like Pixelmator, for example, is the best image editor I've ever used. Uh, I would be, I would be not distraught, but I would be very sad to walk away from Pixelmator. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think you have a lot more needs than I do. (laughs) You're saying I'm needy. (laughs) Well, maybe not needy, but you just use your computer in a lot different, a lot more different ways than I do. Like for example, all I want is a good development platform for my web applications. And by definition, that would probably be Linux, just because that's where the web applications are going to be running on anyways. Um, But it seems like you're doing a lot more things with your computer that don't necessarily use Linux in the end product or like in production environments. No, that's right. I I have a lot less focus um, when it comes to using the tools in front of me. Right. Which which is part of the, this particular problem, problem. here. Yeah. So if, if even if I go back to Windows, yes, there is a lot of software out there for people who want to make podcasts. Downside is, aside from Hindenburg, a lot of it is ugly as heck. And it's not very... Let me see, what's the nice way to put it? it, it it's not very amazing, <laughs> so to speak. Like a, a good example of this would be Audacity. Audacity is an audio application that a lot of people use when podcasting because it's free. It does a lot of stuff. It can denoise, it can split channels, it can do all kinds of things. People can use it very, very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I just look at that particular application as being the gimp of audio. Well, Yeah, it, it can do it, but it's ugly as sin and not exactly the easiest thing to use. Yeah. You know, this is one of those problems. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, If I want to have good-looking software that gets the job done and gets out of the way, then when if I do decide to go and get that 2013 MacBook Pro, maybe I should just you know shut my mouth and continue using OS X and try as much as I can to pull myself away from the Apple things that I don't particularly want to use or agree with. Right. Um, That might be the best way to go. Yeah. Well, I think so. What I'm going to do is I talked about this a little in the episode earlier in the previous episode, but I'm going to try and run Linux on a desktop and see how that works for maybe, I don't know how, how long, three, six months, something like that. And see if it, you know, clicks, (laughs) see if it works for my needs. This will be on your Pine? Yeah, probably. And so if it doesn't, then, you know, I'll probably just go back to Mac OS X. And if it does, great. You know, I might even dual boot my MacBook Pro 
in Linux and OS X, but we'll see. One, one thing that I, I do like about Linux, Ubuntu in particular, is the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is something else that, you know, is, it's not pulling at me, but it's something that I want to get back into. Uh, a lot of the software that I've written in the last three, four years has been very, very independent. It's just me sitting down and coding just for me. Um, aside from you know, some of the platform stuff that I do for other people to use, it's me working in isolation. Back when I was big into Ubuntu, I used to be part of a community where I was able to work with other developers, create applications, and further enhance applications and solve problems. That was something that I really, really enjoyed. And that's something that I would like to do again. Ubuntu is going into a lot of very interesting areas. Uh, They've got their own uh, tablet coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, They do have phones, which could stand a little bit of tweaking. And they are trying to position themselves as a viable alternative to the commercial platforms. Yeah. Getting back into that platform now would give me a little bit of a leg up if I wanted to be, I don't know, if if I wanted to be the Marco of Ubuntu, for example. (laughs) So not particularly famous, not particularly wealthy, not like Marco anyways, but, you know, known so that when people see my name, they're like, oh yeah, I know this guy. I know his code. I can trust it or he does things the way I like I will give this new application a try like that kind of thing I could possibly position myself in that way um, in a way that I just cannot do with any Apple software or or even with Windows despite the 20 years of development experience I have on that platform yeah Uh, so that that's the other thing that's pulling me over to the Lenovo and going with Ubuntu. It's getting back into that community, um, talking to those people again and contributing to something that is ultimately good. Like the people who work with Ubuntu, uh, even Canonical, the company behind Ubuntu, they're not, they're not in it for money. Money is well, important, of course. Yeah, they're, they're not giving everything away for free. It, mm-hmm. They're using basically the same model that WordPress uses. So, yes, you can go and get the support. You can go and get the host. You can go and get like the better this, that, and the other thing for money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies do use Ubuntu in the enterprise, and Ubuntu gets money from that, which supports development and all kinds of things. Right, and that's great. Um, at the same time, there's also this this free market, so to speak, where people can go and create things and work together, just like we see with WordPress and the various themes and the plugins and things of that sort. Yeah. And, you know, just like WordPress, some Ubuntu software is really amazing. Some of it, not so amazing. <laughs> um, but there is ample opportunity there for the people who have the time and willingness to actually get into that particular market. Yeah. It really comes down to time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to get down to it, I would say at least try it out. I mean, if it doesn't work, you can always sell it for probably, if it's if it's pretty much new, you could probably sell it for not that much uh, marked down from the original price. If this is Japan... People don't buy used here. Um, Still. 
<laughs> still. With my Macs, it's actually been very interesting. So my first MacBook Air, um, I bought that used. It was a store display model. Mm-hmm. So like everyone was touching it for a year before the store decided to sell it. Right. Um, I got it and I paid a song for it. It was uh, 80,000 yen mm-hmm. when I bought it. And it was one year old. An amazing little machine. I used that for a year and a half and I sold it to somebody. And the machine was still very good. And they paid uh, 70,000 yen. Yeah. So See? <laughs> for, yeah, for one year, it, it cost me 100,000 yen. It's the cheapest computer I've ever, like in terms of cost, it's the cheapest computer I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and I've had Acer netbooks. <laughs> right. So uh, this particular machine that I'm using right now, I paid, I think it was um, $1,100 for it. Mm-hmm. I'm selling it for uh, 850 So not awesome, but that was the most I could get for it because the used MacBook market is right now, it's it's saturated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to SoftMap or any other place online and get pretty much my machine for $900. Yeah. Um, so I had to come in a little bit lower than that. So yeah, if I go and get this 13-inch MacBook Pro that I'm eyeing, which is also used, it's just about three years old now, um, if I go and pick up one of these and it just doesn't work out, like, okay, I can either put OS 10 back on there and return to the familiar or heck I can put windows on there. Or I, I can put anything on there and it, it'll already have the 16 gig Ram. So it doesn't really matter what I do Yeah. in that regard. Um, if I go with the Lenovo, that's a different story. Right. You won't um, be able to go back to Mac. Well, it's not that I won't be able to go back to Mac, because um, I guarantee I'd I'd spend a weekend trying to hack and tosh it. But <laughs> selling a Lenovo, even if the darn thing is a month old, I would be lucky to get fifty percent. Really? Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to buy a Lenovo, hmm. and this is something that I have found with a lot of non-Apple devices. Apple devices are seen as sleek and sexy. People will pay a higher price for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you come at them with a Lenovo or an HP or an Acer, and they're going to say no, they don't want something like that. Now, the one difference that I have seen is with the Asus ZenBooks. Um, the Asus ZenBooks is ba- that's basically Asus's um, Samsung of the MacBook, oh. so it, it's a near copy. Yeah, um, and they're really good-looking machines. Hmm. So like people will look at them and say, hey, yeah, you know, I would pay X amount of money for that. And I've heard people say that. The downside is the Asus ZenBooks, to get them here in Japan, I can't get a Japanese keyboard uh-huh. because they're not sold here. Or if they are sold here, they're sold here with an English keyboard. And I cannot use a U.S. English keyboard when I'm programming because the asterisk is in the wrong place. So, <laughs> yeah. Um I can get used to it. I just don't want to. Real first world problem here. So, <laughs> I don't want an external keyboard either. Defeats the purpose of having a notebook. Um, that That's the downside. Like if I go with Apple, I can turn around and sell it for 75% or more of what I paid for it. If I go with something that's not an Apple, I'll be lucky to get 50%. And usually I just don't sell my non-Apple devices. Mm-hmm. So my Acer netbook, I couldn't, sell either of those so i ripped one apart 
to turn it into my NAS. Right. Um, and the other one is right now collecting dust in the closet. Let me see. My old HP, uh, the HP that I had built so much software on, it was an amazing, amazing machine until the, I just couldn't get replacement parts for it anymore. Not over here anyways. I had to give that away. Yeah. Because nobody would even think about taking it. So I, I gave it away to a university student who then turned it into a headless server. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like nobody wants to buy used here. That That's a different topic though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I guess by the next episode, we'll figure out what you've done. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. What, what would you do? You know, I do a lot of podcasting. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of web development. I'm doing a bunch of stuff in, in your favorite language, PHP. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing a lot of stuff in PHP. I've been working with a little bit of Elixir in Phoenix. I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff using uh, visualstudio.net very, very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. Image editing. I use Pixelmator for that. And I I don't do like Photoshop level stuff. It's just cropping and coloring and color matching and things of that sort. Not very crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see here. Watching videos, listening to music, making music. Um, I do a lot of that. The music for this show I made. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it's not particularly awesome, but <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it. Um, yeah. So these are basically the things that I do with my machine. So what would you recommend? Would you recommend this older MacBook Pro or the Lenovo? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would probably go to the MacBook Pro just for the resale value because it's a lower risk if you think about it. But that, like, if if you're really into either Windows or Linux, I would go with Lenovo just because the repairability and expandability sounds pretty, you know, good. So I don't know. It's it's a tough decision. <laughs> Which is why I've been struggling with it for so long. Right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Ubuntu on a Lenovo, like, Ubuntu was made on Lenovo's for Lenovo's. Right. Ubuntu won't say it, but if you look at the machines the people at Canonical are using, 95% of them, if they don't have a Mac Pro, have a Lenovo machine. I, I know the driver support is there. I know it's it's the better machine to go with. Um yeah, it's a very difficult one. But maybe we can open this up to the audience. So which one would you choose and why? We would love to hear any feedback that you have. And of course, as we're approaching the end of the show, let us actually give you a link to find our show online. You can go to CP for changing platforms dot ten centuries dot org. That's ten the number one zero centuries dot org. That's all one word. And there you can find all of our episodes how to get in touch with us, and a contact form to leave a message. So before we wrap up, Keita, where can people find you online? Well, they can go to that site and then find me there. Or or they can find me. um, I'm Keita on app.net and sleepy underscore Keita on Twitter. All right. And at the moment, I am Matigo on app.net and Matigo on 10 centuries. But right now, that's in uh, beta, so nobody else can join 10 centuries to communicate with me there. That said, the website is up. Go take a look. It's got a really nice design, I think. And you can find all of our episodes there. So until next time, bye for now. Goodbye. Goodbye.